morning. I feel like I'm like up here at every single segment of the service. That's what happens when all of your staff goes on vacation. So you get me for the duration of the service. But again, thank you, thank you. Now I wanna start this off. How many of you guys have enjoyed this series so far on Perspective? Yeah, it's been awesome just hearing from the different pastors and, and leaders within the church, just different perspectives on Philippians. And I got some props here, so I'm just going to set them up real quick. Um, so anyways, I heard um, Pastor TJ was trying to talk some junk about me last week. And he used something like, what happens at Coconut Creek stays at Coconut Creek, and Shayla's not here, and you guys better not tell her. And he was just dogging me, I guess. And apparently, see, TJ came clean about this. Apparently, I haven't trained you guys well enough. When I am not here, you are like my sleeper cell people. If he says stuff, I need to hear about it. So let's get that on point. Right now, you guys need to come tell me when he's like, don't tell Shayla. So apparently he called me a redneck, and I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. So it's basically because I grew up way out in the boonies, and my grandparents had like 40 acres on the river, and we had like cows and horses and chickens and all kinds of stuff, and I loved to, like, probably while he was playing video games at his house, like Atari or something, I was out like throwing mud in the river, you know, because I'm a redneck, I guess. And so this is what TJ doesn't know is I'm way better than he is at a lot of things. And I, he told you about CrossFit. You know, I beat him every day yesterday. He threw up. And, yeah, so when we were first married, um, I decided, you know what? I'm going to break TJ in a little bit, and we're going to go camping. And so I don't know if TJ had ever been camping, but... I decide, okay, my grandparents have this camping site, like, on their property. It's about probably three-quarters of a mile away from their house. And so I'm going to take him out there with some of our friends, and we're just going to have a good time. We're going to go, like, alligator hunting, and we're going to, like, do all of this fun stuff. And so we go out there, and we are having a blast, and we're having a great time. I'm not, I was at least. I don't know how TJ was feeling. So anyways, it's time to go to bed. Everybody goes in their tents. We get in our tents. And... I'm sleeping, and about 3 in the morning, I, like, wake up, and I look over, and I'm, like, feeling around. I'm like, where is TJ? I'm like, well, maybe he had to go to the bathroom. The flashlight was gone. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go back to sleep. So I go back to sleep, and the sun comes up, and I wake up that morning, and he's still not there. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> Something happened. He's, like, passed out. But I, don't, I don't know. And so me and my friends... We're looking for him for a good 30 minutes, and we can't find him anywhere. So we decide we're going to go back to the house, and we're going to call somebody to come help us because we have no idea where TJ is. I go up in the house. He is sleeping in the bed in our bedroom. He went up there in the middle of the night and got in our bed. And he's like, Shayla, I'll just tell you this right now. Camping to me is really just like staying at a Motel 6. That's camping. And I was like, what? We've never gone camping again because he's such a baby. Anyways, I need you guys to understand that you need to tell me when he tells you things like that because it's, it's an issue for me. Anyways, we're going to talk today about a different perspective on worry. 
So we've been in this series on perspective, and we've covered a lot of different topics, and we've been going through Philippians, and today we're going to kind of land in Philippians 4. And Craig Groeschel, who is a pastor of LifeChurch.tv in Oklahoma, actually has churches all across um, the United States and probably into different segments of the world, but he wrote a book called Soul Detox. And in that book, he had a couple of really great points that I want to kind of highlight a little bit today, and then we'll move into some other stuff as well. But one of the principles he talks about, which I really like a lot, is this principle. And it says, whatever you fear the most reveals what you value the most. See, it's kind of like this. If you fear for your kids' safety, it's because you value your kids. If you fear that you're going to grow old and you're not going to get married and you're not going to have a husband or a spouse or something like that, it's because you value relationships. What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. But he also has a principle that says this, what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. And I think that hits home for a lot of us because we are very fearful for a lot of things. It's because we try to do it in our own strength and it shows where we're trusting God the least in our life. Someone defined worry as this, Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. How many of you guys ever worry? The rest of you guys, you're worried about what someone else is thinking, so you're not raising your hand. So we all struggle with worry. We all struggle with worry about the economy or our finances or our kids or our relationships or our health or our status. There's so many different things in life that pull at our attention and make us anxious or worrisome. Some of you might say you don't know anything about worry until you have a kid that gets their driver's license. I remember when I got my driver's license, I, my mom would literally stay up every single night till I got home because she was worried that I wasn't going to get there. Then I had a boyfriend, and then I see my mom, like, out walking down the street waiting for me to get home because she was just so anxious that something was going to happen to me. Some people I know, even when there's nothing to worry about, they worry that there's nothing to worry about. See, worry is such an incredible part of our life, such a, a draining part of our life. And what I want to show you guys today from the book of Philippians is this key thought, so if you're taking notes, write this down, is that worry is a matter of perspective. Worry is a matter of perspective. It's how we see things. When probably about eight, no, maybe less, maybe about six or seven years ago, TJ and I were, were building a house, and we had a builder that was building it. It was in, like, this subdivision and the builder let us go in a little bit early to put up some crown molding because there was some extra stuff we wanted to do, and they were really cool, so they let us in a little early. And TJ had done crown molding before. He had a business doing it and all of this stuff. But see, in TJ and I's relationship, we have a problem. He thinks he's always right, and I know I'm always right. And so we have this tension going on, and so much of our challenges are based on the fact that I'm right, and he thinks he's right. And so he's putting up this crown molding, and I'm looking at it, and it is not looking too good. And I'm like, TJ, you're doing it wrong. You are cutting it wrong. You are putting it up wrong. Do you even know what you're doing? He's like, Shayla, have you ever put up a piece of crown molding in your life? No. 
And he's like, do I do this for a living? Yeah, but you're doing it wrong. And so I'm like, I'm literally so anxious, like even at night, sleeping, I'm like, we spent all this money, and he's just jacking this whole thing up, like there's gaps everywhere, and I don't even see how this is going to work out, and we just might as well throw money down the toilet, and it's just, you know, my perspective, because I couldn't see the end result, I couldn't understand how, how it could even look good in the end, because I had no idea what he was doing. And you know what? When he got finished, I guess there's caulk that goes in the little holes, and they, like, smooth everything out, and they sand it down, and then they paint it, and it looks all beautiful. And he was right. It was fun. Don't tell him that. Just kidding. So worry is a matter of perspective. See, from my perspective, I couldn't see the end result. I couldn't see what TJ knew was going to happen. And that's what happens so many times in our life is we end up worrying because we can't see what's going to happen. We don't know the end result of our circumstances. All we can see is what's in front of us right now. And we end up having so much worry and so much anxiety. Well, there is one, one person in the Bible, if anyone could worry, it would have been this man. And that was the Apostle Paul. And as he's writing the fourth chapter of Philippians, I'm going to give you a little backstory of as he's writing this. Basically, Paul's in prison for preaching the gospel. So he's in prison, but not only is he in prison, but he is chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day. And as he is chained to this guard, he is awaiting basically word on What's going to happen in his life? They could come to him at any moment and say, Paul, your life is done. Your beheaded time is scheduled next week. So in the midst of of writing this chapter of Philippians, Paul is chained to a Roman guard, and he's awaiting what could be his death. But see, Paul has a different perspective on God's faithfulness and who God is. Paul's the one who said in Romans 8, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Because, see, he's seen God do so many incredible things in his life. He has been through more life tragedies than you could ever imagine. This dude, even before this point, he was shipwrecked and he should have died. He was bitten over and over again by venomous snakes. Should have died. He was persecuted, whipped, left for dead in a ditch. But he saw God's faithfulness. He was stoned and imprisoned over and over and over again, but he saw God's faithfulness. See, Paul had a different perspective on his situation. And so from a Roman prison, he writes verse 4 and 5 of Philippians 4, and it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. He's saying it over and over again as he's chained up to this Roman guard in prison. He's saying, rejoice. How many of you guys rejoice when you're in your worst situation? But see, Paul's perspective on his God and what God was going to do was different. See, there's a really key phrase in this verse, and it's this. Rejoice in the Lord. In who? In the Lord. See, I don't really want to put God's in a box today, but 
We're going to do this because this is the analogy that I have to kind of drive home this point. And we're going to use this throughout. But he's saying rejoice in the Lord. It doesn't matter your circumstances. It doesn't matter your situation. I know I'm in prison, but I'm saying rejoice in the Lord. See, Paul's going to show us that we don't have to worry about what's happening in our life. We don't have to worry about how we think things should be or what our circumstances look like because we have to change our perspective. And if you're taking notes, here's the next point, and it's this. It says, we don't have to worry about what will happen when we know who is in charge. Basically, we don't have to worry about how when we know the who. We don't have to worry about how our circumstances are going to work out when we know who is in control. There was a time when TJ and I were remodeling. All these stories are about fixing up houses today, but there was a time when we were remodeling the upstairs of my grandparents' house. They had like four bedrooms and two bathrooms, and we decided we're going to gut it all out. We're going to make a living room and a kitchen and a, and a bedroom. And so we're like ripping out shag carpet and all of this crazy stuff from, I don't know what era that is. But so we're taking all of this stuff out and we realize we need to do some electrical work. And TJ and I are not really electrical people. So we found a friend that kind of thought he knew what he was doing. And so he was going to rewire this house for us and put everything back together. And so we're like, okay, yeah, go to town, like do that. And he's like, doing all this stuff. Well, then it came time to turn on the electric. Now, there's still a couple exposed wires and, you know, some little odds and ends things here, but he's like, okay, it's time. Let's go flip the breaker, flip the switch, whatever you call it. And I was like, um, I'll stay over here. You guys can do that. And so the three of us are standing in front of the electrical circuit with a broomstick, getting ready to hit the like, none of us knew what was going to happen because this dude, we didn't really know if he knew what he was doing. And so it was like on the count of three, and everybody's kind of like turning away and flipped the switch, and there was a couple little sparks here and there, but it turned out okay. But I wasn't really confident in what was going to happen because I wasn't really confident in the who that was in charge of that situation. Well, a couple years later when we were building our house, the builder has an electrical contact contractor that's certified, that knows what he's doing, that does this all the time. And when he said, hey, you know what? It's time to turn on the electric. We can go ahead and do it. Everything's done. The dude could have told me to turn it on with my tongue and I would have been like, hello. Because I trusted who was doing that. See, we don't have to worry about what will happen in our life when we know who is in charge. See, we, we can't Focus on our circumstances and what is happening in our life. We have to focus on who is in charge of those things. See, you don't have to worry about how when you know the who. Let's move on to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says this, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He says, don't be anxious about anything, nothing, but in everything. 
He says in every situation, including the small things that you might think are meaningless, he says give them to God, pray about those things, turn them over to him, and then there's this amazing thing that happens. When you pray about those things, when you let them go, God's peace surrounds you. It says the peace of God which transcends all understanding. We can be in the worst situation and his peace doesn't even make sense, but we feel it. Because we know who's in charge. Don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. You don't have to worry about the how when you know who is in charge. And today, I'm going to use this little illustration to to show you guys something. If you're worried about your finances, what should you do? Can you do anything sometimes about your financial situation or your job situation or some of those things that seem insurmountable? What you do is you trust God in those things. You do what he says to do. And then you trust in the Lord. What about your relationships? You know what? Sometimes our relationships get messy. And we're not really sure how our marriage is going to survive or our kids going to be okay. But what we do is we stop worrying about these things and we trust in the our job. We don't really decide if we're going to get laid off tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen. We can't worry about these things in our own strength. We have to trust all of these things to the Lord. Now, if you're anything like me, here's what I do. Like finances, I'm like, okay, God, I trust you. I trust you. You know, I know you're taking care of these things. I know, God, I just trust you in those things. But, you know, it's just taking a little too long. And we try to take these things back. Don't do that. When you're facing something that you don't understand, that you can't figure out, you have got to trust in the Lord. We're worried about our health. We're worried about our family that's struggling with cancer or sickness and the things that we can't fix on our own. And we can't fix it, so we trust in the Lord. See, once we've trusted in the Lord, if we begin to worry about those things again, what we have to do is we have to take it back and we have to say, but God, I don't trust you with this. I don't think you can handle it. And we take those things back. But when there's things in life that we don't understand and we can't comprehend and we can't fix, we need to trust in the Lord. You see, Just because, though, at this point when we trust in the Lord, it doesn't mean that you don't do anything. See, you have to do what you can do, and you trust God with what you can't do. That's what your next point is up there. It says, I will do what I can do, and I'll trust God with what I can't do. So when there's something you can't do, what do you do? You give it to the, you guys see where I'm going with this? It could really apply to any area of our life. Let me give you a pop quiz. Okay, I'm going to ask you if you can do something about a couple different things, and then you guys tell me yes or no, you know, what you can do with it. And if you can't do something with it, what are we going to do? We're going to give it to the, okay. Can you heal your sick loved ones? Yes. 
No. I need you guys' participation. Come on. Wake up. We're going to give it to the Lord. Can you change your spouse? I heard the men. I didn't really hear the ladies. Can you change your spouse? No. We're going to give them to the Lord. Can you protect your kids from all the dangers in this world? No. You can do what you can do to raise them right, to instill values and morals and all of those things. You do what you can do. But what you can't do, you trust to the Lord. Can you control your future? Can God control the future? So you trust your future to the Lord. Can you change anything by worrying? Can God change anything by his power? So if there's something that you're worried about, we're going to trust it to the Lord. We're going to allow him to do what only he can do. We are going to do what we can do. But the rest we're going to trust to the Lord. In Philippians 4, 8, and 9, it says this. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. See, what we have to do is when we turn these things over to God, we have to get our perspective focused on the right place. Because I don't know about you guys, but I have a tendency, even when I let go of these things, to still allow it to, to consume my thoughts. And what Paul's saying here is he's saying, look, you need to focus on whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is admirable. You have to focus on the positive things. You have to focus on the things that are good in your life, not the things that are bad. You have to shift your perspective off of your circumstances and the things that you cannot control. And you have to shift them to the things that God can do and God can control. And the things that you need to focus on are the positive things. See, I think there's also another thing that people struggle with in life. And that's what we have. That's where we're at in life. And a lot of us are really worried about what we have and our status and, and who we are and how people see us. You know, we can be okay in our house one day and then we can go visit our neighbors and they have a little bit better of a house with nicer things and all of that kind of stuff. And then you drive down A1A and you're like, what are these people? Why don't I have this stuff? This is just incredible. Are they even here? And we begin to get discontent with what we have because our focus is on what everybody else has. And am I living up to that? And my status is at the right place? And all of these things, and we become so discontent with what we have in life. We become so discontent with the way we feel because he looks better, she looks better, this or that, and we begin to focus on the wrong things and we begin to say, I wish I had a different house. I wish I had a different marriage. I wish my kids were, were doing something different. I wish I wasn't so busy. And we just get so discontent with where we're at. Which leads me to my next point, it's this, is that you don't have to worry about what you have when you know who truly satisfies. See, and in this next verse that we're going to go over, Paul's going to give us one of the greatest spiritual secrets. 
He's going to show us the key to all of this stuff. In Philippians 4, 10 through 12, it says this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. At last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Basically, um, the Philippian people sent him a gift, and he's thankful that they're recognizing that he's in a place where, you know, he wants encouragement or whatever. But, they, but he goes on and he says, I'm not saying thank you for this, basically, because I'm in need. He says, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. He's saying, look, no matter what's going on, no matter what is happening in my life, I don't have to worry. Because this next verse is key. It says, because... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. See, outside of Christ, I can try to handle this. But it's not going to work. It's going to end up weighing me down and bringing worry and despair. But through Christ, I can do everything. See, Paul's saying, I can do anything. It doesn't matter because of my perspective, because I've seen his goodness, because I've seen his faithfulness, because he's never left me and he's never forsaken me. And I've seen him come through every single time. And he says, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain, because it is not about me. It is not about my life. But it's my life lived through Christ. Because when you look at me, I don't want you to see me. I want you to see him. I want you to see him. I don't have to worry because it's not about me. And it's not about my job. And it's not about my money. And it's not about my health. It's not about my relationships. Because you know what? My provision is in him. My security is in him. My relationships are in him. My health is in him because my life is in him. And when we try to take these things on our own, we take the attention off of what God can do and we place it on, our, on us and we limit what God can do in our life and in our circumstances because we are holding so tightly to these things. See, it's a different perspective. It's not about our circumstances because we rejoice in the Lord. We don't rejoice because our circumstances are perfect. We rejoice because the Lord is able to take care of every single thing in our life. I want to read you guys a couple more verses. In Psalms 37.4, it says this. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. In Psalms 11, 1, it says, in the Lord, I take refuge. Psalms 118:8, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. 
Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. See, it's all about what we do through his strength and in him. And it's nothing about what we can do on our own. And it has everything to do with what he can accomplish when we trust him. Some of you guys might be out there and you might be saying, you know what, I don't even know where I stand with God. Could he ever forgive me for the things that I've done or the places that I've been or maybe I've strayed away from him? Is there any grace for someone like me? There's a verse that's not in your notes, but I want to share it with you real quick. And it's Acts 16, 31, and it says this. Believe in the Lord, and you will be saved, you and your household. And here's what I want you guys to see. You'll be saved not because of what you've done, but because of where you are. See, when we believe in the Lord, we place ourselves there. And it's not about what we can fix on our own or how we can remedy the places that we've messed up. It's where we put ourselves and where we position ourselves. And I want you guys to realize that when you're hidden in the Lord and when your life is hidden in the Lord, He has the ability to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. But you have to make a choice to trust in him, not to continue to take these things back and to try to manage them on your own, but to trust in him. So as we face things throughout this week and in life, we have to realize that it doesn't matter what we're facing when we know who is in charge. And all we have to do is put our trust in Him to turn those things over to Him through prayer and God's peace that passes all understanding, His peace that doesn't make sense in the middle of our circumstances. When you are in Christ, His peace is all over your life. And today, I hope some of you guys will make a decision just to trust God in those areas that you've been struggling with. To trust God in the places that you've been having a really difficult time letting go of. Because he has a plan that is so far greater than you could ever imagine. See, his view is that bird's eye view. He can see your life. He can see that picture and you only have a glimpse you can only see what's right in front of you. And he's saying, look, if you'll just trust me, I promise there's something on the other side. I promise. But you've got to trust me and you've got to persevere and you've got to live your life in me so that I can work out all the details. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe there's some of you out there that You've been struggling with this. You've been dealing with a decision or you have some worry or anxiety and things that you've just been battling with. 
And today's the day you're, you want to say, Shayla, you know what? I'm ready to turn this over and I'm ready to trust God. Will you just slip your hand up? I'd like to pray for you. Yes, yes, yes. All over. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that you have a plan so far greater than what we could ever think or imagine. And Lord, I pray this morning as people surrender those pieces of their life and the things maybe they've been holding on to and the, the worries and the cares of this world, God, I pray that as they surrender those things to you, that they would feel your peace flood their life. God, that they would have full confidence that you will do what you said you will do, God. That your peace will guard our life. Your word says that you work all things for good according to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And Lord, I pray this morning, God, that you would work out every detail in every situation, God, and even if it's not how we think it should be, that we would trust you. I pray that people would feel freedom this morning as they release these things over to you. And God, I pray that you would just give us strength and endurance in this time. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.